Bet Saratoga this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Go to nyrabets.com for details and sign up today. It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to... Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, Kermit D. Frog, I am the new GM for Raw. NXT, NXT, yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands, and when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the echo guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Warning everybody Sugar alert Sugar alert What's up everyone May 23rd 2018 Something tells me an hour from now I will be crashing for sure Welcome to this edition Of Breakfast with Blasey I am Don Tony As always Had no coffee today Didn't take any Red Bulls Or five hour energies But I have an elderly customer God bless him He's in his mid 70s I know he's lonely And sometimes he goes into my office Just to ask me bullshit insurance questions or a coverage question and sometimes i know he's coming in just because he's lonely and i'll talk to him if i have some time but he never comes in alone always throws on my desk mints candy and today he put a big fucking bag of what is it april or angela's uh fruit chews they're like they look like bunnies but they were peach flavored. And, I, and I'm and i a big fan of eating peaches. So I next thing I know, I had a couple and then I had a handful and like a bad Beavis and Butthead kind of... I am Conjonio. I need teepee for my bungle. Bungle. I just fucking sugar rush right now. So I figured, you know what? Let me go home. Let me do my lunch hour and give you breakfast with Blasi. And like I said, now from now, I'll probably be all crashing down, very mellow, very relaxed. And, you know, and for people that joke about Monday nights that I'm loud and I'm energetic, it's because I have fun doing this show. The days I come up here, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pack it fucking in. If you can't get up and have fun doing shows like this, you shouldn't be doing them. Some people, unfortunately, in podcasting world, it's no secret. They do it because they're lonely. They do it because they have to have this need of feeling important. And and what a lot of them as well comes with the fake characters and social justice shit. And, and a lot of people out there who claim to be social justice warriors really only wear it like a Halloween costume. But they will say certain things because they know it'll get attention. They know it'll get hits. I tell you how I feel. I don't do it as shock radio. I don't do it as shock podcast. I tell you how yours truly feels. I don't have a problem with thin skin. And honestly, sometimes what I say rubs people the wrong way. But at the end of the day, I know all of you tune in because you respect the fact that I'm being straight up and honest with all of you out there. And I appreciate more than you can imagine the fact that you are straight up and honest with me as well. When I announced a couple of days ago that uh, based on the, the amount of feedback I get, I'm going to do a special episode of Brexit Blossom with Vince Russo. Now, anybody that's been following me for a long time already knows this, but a little you know tidbit for those that are newer listeners. I don't do interviews. I've never done interviews. Yes, I interviewed Conan a little over 10 years ago, but that was because he was in desperate need of a kidney transplant, needed help, not only financially, but needed a kidney and Mass Maniac, you got to give him the credit. He's the one that approached me and said, hey, could you do this? He was confident that I could come through with this. And he knows you fucking hit me with a challenge. Not only will I go balls out, but I will insist that I win and succeed. So that is why Conan was on. Um, and I know someone brought up the other day, oh, you you guys interviewed Trina Michaels like eight years ago. No, no, Trina Michaels is a fan of our show. And at that time, she was really, really committed to wrestling and she was working on getting into total nonstop action, working there as a wrestler slash valet. And she was a fan of the show and Kev Castle wanted to bring her on just to talk a little bit. Me, I don't do interviews. I w and I'm not going to start doing interviews. And Vince Russo, if he comes on, it's not going to be an interview. It's going to be a conversation. And we are going to talk about a vast array of topics, the world of pro wrestling, maybe some news, maybe some politics, maybe our views of what's going on, certain aspects of this world. Yes, we are going to talk about the situation with All In. Yes, we're going to talk about the most recent comments that Cody Rhodes uh, said about him. You know, this was something that he and I talked about. So a couple of days ago, I went online and I said, hey, everyone, to call Vince McMahon, if you want me to shake it up and have Vince Russo on, you know, let's do it. I want to see what kind of feedback I get. Now, of course, I understand not everybody out there is a fan of Vince Russo's. Not everybody out there likes him. In fact, I know a lot of you out there can't stand the guy. But one thing I won't do is play footsie with the guy. Yes, I am an avid supporter of Vince Russo, and yes, I see some of the shit that's going on right now, and it just turns my stomach to see a lot of the, you know, the people. There's some people out there who truly are offended in some of the things he says. Okay, fine. Totally respect that. There's some people out there that just really don't even fucking understand what the hell they're talking about. And some of this social justice warrior shit is just out of control. I ain't having it. And it's funny you know, I, I read and I am very, very astute as to what people say. I pay very close attention at, at the most outspoken people, not only in podcasting world and website world, but, you know, in listeners in general. 
And I remember when Bobby Lashley came back to WWE and the first night he was on TV, uh, Kevin asked me, what do you think? I said, right now I'm indifferent to Bobby Lashley. Just indifferent. I just have no reaction to him right now. I, I didn't like him all that much in TNA. Uh, I didn't like when he had first left WWF because of the way he went out and some of the things that he said, but pretty much I was indifferent and I was accused of being racist. Like you wouldn't believe by so many social justice. Well, I stood my fucking ground. And I just basically vented and explained why, no, it has nothing to do with his skin color. Just Bobby Lashley is the wrestler. I'm indifferent. Now, not to his fault with what happened Monday night with the Sami Zayn segment, but I see a lot of people writing, wow, you know, Bobby Lashley is getting over like a lead balloon and what the fuck, and this is an ad. And yeah, some people also feel that the skit that went down on but in the same tone, I'm watching these people who accused other people of being racist because they didn't like Bobby Lashley or indifferent of him are now saying it. Wow, he sucks. He's not doing nothing for the product. And some people blame it on the writing, but some people just feel like, you know, he's just not showing much of anything. You have a right to your opinion, but fuck you for accusing people of being racist because they were originally indifferent of what he did. And the most amazing thing about it is I stood my ground and did not watch the greatest Royal Rumble because I just thought it was very hypocritical for WWE to fucking have this big women's revolution, this and that, and then take that kind of money, you know, and have the event without the women. Now, look, you see the WWE stock. Mish and I on Breakfast Soup last week got into a very long conversation about this. All right. The WWE stock is not because of the controversy that Roman Reigns has on TV. And yes, I promise people online, this is a Roman Reigns free episode. And that's all I'm going to say about him. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, but, you know, WWE is expanding globally. And investors see that. They see the kind of money that Saudi Arabia was willing to put into this product because ESPN is inking a multi-year, more than billion dollar deal with UFC that Fox Sports wants to get in on it and, re and have WWE on their network. And they signed or about to sign a deal over or close to a billion dollars as well. That is a gigantic fucking blockbuster news story. The stock right now has tripled in the last two years. It is at an all-time high. But Nimrods out there that don't even fucking understand why the stock is going higher think that it has to do with the fucking content on television. It is the overall company. It is the expansion. It is going global. It's media outlets. It's advertised demand. So there is a thousand reasons why WWE is on the 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 street that they are financially and just and an absolute boom. And it was funny because somebody had the nerve, and I totally respect everybody that listens. And I'll get back to Lashley in a minute because I really had a fucking problem with the social justice warriors Monday shitting on WWE for that segment with the three guys in the ring. Now I know right on the surface some of you are saying, "Wait, you're actually going to defend WWE for this?" Just promise, just. Stay tuned and I'll explain what my problem was with Monday. Did the segment suck? Yes. But before I even get into that, somebody had the nerve to say to me this week, you know, now ooh, with WWE, you know, the stock, almost $60 a share. They're worth billions now. You kind of want to give credit now for Jeff Jarrett a couple of years ago saying that there was a wrestling boom. I didn't even fucking answer it. I just wrote LOL and I moved on. 
And for anybody out there in their right mind that thinks that they're going to give any type of credit to Jeff Jarrett saying, oh, he foresees, do, do yourself a favor. And especially for podcasts out there that may have the, the itch to say that, do your research first and read what Jeff Jarrett thought was going to be the wrestling boom. Just make sure you read exactly what he defined as wrestling boom. And when it didn't happen... And Global Force was failing tremendously. Global Force turned into Global Farce, all right? I mean, just pay attention and read the interviews that he did after that and how much he tweaked his original definition of what the wrestling boom was going to be. It had virtually zero to do with what WWE is doing right now. So I just want to make that perfectly clear, especially when you look at the Fox deal. It has nothing to do with what Jeff Jarrett thought was going to be the wrestling boom. So wanted to get that out of the way. Now, my problem with Monday's segment, yeah, it sucked. I think a week before, we all thought it was going to suck. Uh, the funny thing is, is a lot of people over the seven days leading up to Raw felt that Lashley is going to, quote-unquote, attack the people that make fun of Sami Zayn or maybe the people were going to attack Sami Zayn or turn on Sami Zayn. And the one thing that I read over and over with people is, wait, Lashley's not going to attack women. I wonder how they're going to put this off on TV. Maybe they'll bring out midgets or maybe they'll bring up guys dressed up as women so they could get their asses kicked. And the funny thing is, is that's what I read over and over and over and over. Because if you stop and thought about it for the seven days leading up to it, Sami Zayn's going to bring out the three sisters and they're going to say how horrible Bobby Lashley is. Lashley's got to get, you know, a, a response to this. What's he going to do? Just smile and look at them? And, and if it was really women, come on. But even putting that aside, what I kept reading about over and over on Monday and how the fuck does Twitter on their highlights, you know, their Twitter moments, they actually put a section up on, on Twitter moments. Now, even though I thought that was just asinine and dumb in the first place, what I expected to read, and I invite anybody to go check this out, just when you actually take a step back and look at this, it just, you realize how dumb Twitter moments was to even bring this up. The title of Twitter moments, article was WWE under fire for portraying Bobby Lashley's sisters as men in drag. And then when you read what they wrote, one comment is from WWE. Another one is WWE universe. Another one is WWE again. Another one was Ken Shamrock. Um, three fans, Bobby Lashley, there was only two or three people outside of people in the business that actually commented about it. All they said was that this is as bad as Bailey's This Is Your Life. So wait a minute. So now whenever something on TV people don't like, it becomes a Twitter moment. At least if Twitter moments would have gone there with the transphobic accusations, the trans this, the trans that, then I would have said, you're, you're out of your mind, Twitter, but at least I would have understand why they wrote that. But to actually dedicate a segment and all you show is three fans saying, wow, that segment sucked. Um, how many fucking segments in wrestling sucks over the last couple of years? How many segments in other shows have sucked over the years? How many skits have fallen flat that they don't warrant a Twitter moment? But that's not even why I'm upset. I read over and over and over again 
on Monday especially, that this is 2017. WWE just inked a billion-dollar deal, and they're fucking doing this uh, homophobic stuff, this transphobic stuff, this, 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 that, trans, trans. And I'm saying to myself, three-quarters of the people that wrote that don't even understand those definitions. All right, think about it if you're a guy and you feel comfortable dressing up as a woman, all right, or you're trans, and that is your lifestyle. And let's say your name is John. If you want to change your name to a female name, that's fine. But you are still John dressed up and as a woman. So you're portraying how you feel sexually as you feel as a gender. Those three people on Monday were not men dressed up as men, but they feel like they're women. No, they were playing a female character. There is a gigantic goddamn difference with that. They weren't playing John and Robert and Leroy dressed up as women because that's how they identify themselves. No, they were playing a character of Bobby Lashley's sisters, not Bobby Lashley's brothers who now feel like they're six sisters because that's the gender they recognize. Do you even have a goddamn clue of what you say when you write that? But even putting that aside, you know what I thought about? All the Saturday Night Live skits that have men dressed up as women. One of the most recent ones, Chris Hemsworth. What about Medea? Tyler Perry. Is Tyler Perry dressing up as a man who identifies themselves as a woman? Does Medea have serious talks with the fucking other family members that says, I'm really a man, but I'm just dressed up as a woman because that's how I identify myself as a woman. I'm really a man. I'm really a man, but I feel I'm a woman. No, he's pretending to be a woman. You have Michael Che as a black man dressed up as a liberal white woman and on a named Gretchen. Where's all the fucking backlash for that? What about Jude Law? I could go down the line. All right. Some people out there, look, the skit sucked. But just because the skit sucked doesn't mean all of a sudden WWE is fucking, oh, women's revolution. But look what they just did on Raw and fucking homo, homo this and phobia that. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. The this, this segment sucked. The segment was terrible. I felt bad for the three people in the ring. I felt bad for Sami Zayn. I felt bad for Lashley. All right. I don't know who in their right mind backstage thought that that was going to be entertaining in the least bit. All right. But this, this, this phobic stuff, throw that shit. This trans stuff, throw that shit aside. That had zero to do with what went down on Monday. I read that and I just fucking shook my head. I'm like, do these fucking people even know what the hell they're talking about? Seriously. It's just a, a, a horrendously dumb. Speaking of dumb as well, you know, I watched SmackDown yesterday. Lana wins a spot in the money in the bank. This woman has been busting her ass, training, trying to get better, trying to get an opportunity, trying to get a spot. She actually got a pin in the mixed match challenge that people, even back then, I were fucking had their balls in a bunch about. But I think people forget that Lana used to always have her name chanted whenever Rusev used to come out. And the only reason why Lana's chant name isn't chanted as much as it used to is because it's been replaced with Rusev Day, Rusev Day, Rusev Day. So Lana wins a match on fucking SmackDown. And I see grown adults writing these commentary and blogs and all this analysis that how the fuck could she win? How the fuck could she get spot? What the fuck is wrong with you? 
This is goddamn wrestling. Some, you know, not every person has to be the predictable winner. And just because someone loses doesn't mean they're getting buried. All right. It's just, I read that over and over and over again over the last 12, 16, 18 hours. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with some of you? Do you, do you, I mean, I honestly, I say this all the time and I really mean it. Okay. I know that there's people out there that will write about how their coffee tasted bitter. All right. Simply because they need someone to respond. I go on solo monsters page more than anything because our Facebook page for our shows is tiny and it's meant to stay tiny. It's meant for feedback on our shows. All right. Yes. Some people will converse in the post section, but that's why the page is set up the way it is. All right. We used to have a page that was incredibly lively and busy. Then what would happen is, is that you'd have 50 people posting the same goddamn topic over and over again. You have people start fighting with each other. People who think that their, their views are 10 times more superior than others. And this is an ad. And you see a lot of the, the, the nonsense that goes on on Solo's page. So you know what? Have fun there. But I still interact with some people on that page. And what I see over and over again, people just write stuff just because they need to get attention. I need to direct a fuck you to everybody who never mentioned that it was the anniversary that Macho Man died seven years ago. Fuck you about this. Fuck you about that. Oh, look at all these grown men that are shitting on Roman Reigns or something like that. Look at that. You know, when I don't like something, I, if it's a major part, see, I don't like the Kardashians. I can't stand them. I would rather fucking drink battery acid than watch their watch a block of their shows. All right, but the Kardashians are not on WWE TV. The Kardashians are not on the MLB Network. The Kardashians are not on my cable news channel. So I don't talk about the Kardashians. Okay, if the Kardashians were on Monday Night Raw week in and week out and week in and week out, even though I despise them, I would still talk about it because they are a part of the product that I that I watch and talk about. But since they're not. I don't bring them up. I don't discuss it. But here you have people that for some reason have to bring up things over and over and over again that they don't watch, that they don't like, that they don't. And I'm not talking about people who dislike Roman Reigns or, you know, this team or that team or this or Lana getting a win. I'm talking about topics that have nothing to do with what we watch on television. If something bothers you that much, don't write about it. Don't tune into it. Don't pay attention to it. That's how I look at it. You know how many times I joke with Mish on Breakfast Soup about some things with current movies and stuff? He's like, you don't know who that is. You never seen that. You know, I'm like, no, because if I have no interest in checking it out, I'm not going to waste my time in, you know, talking about it. So but anyway, um, so I just read that stuff with Lana and I'm like, you know, take a fucking step back. You know, she's never going to get better if they don't give her at least a t small opportunity. And you know what? Maybe they are giving her a little bit of uh, um, a little rub. There's no chance of her winning money in the bank. But you know what? Maybe she actually will do good in this match. Maybe she will surprise people. Maybe she will stink up the joint. But there have been wrestlers that have been in matches and had opportunities, male and female, over the years who have stunk up the joint. Look at Dana Brooke. All right. I don't particularly like Dana Brooke as far as an on air talent. I don't have nothing against her personally. All right. To me, she just. I don't know why she's on the main roster. I mean, I could give you a couple of reasons why, but as far as really like 
telling a story and being talented in the ring. I really don't see anything there. All right. But there are people that will come to her defense. But yet Lana, you know, they give her a little rub and give her a victory. And it's like, what the fuck did they just do on SmackDown? I mean, I read this stuff the last and I'm like, what's wrong with some of you people out there? Seriously. But anyway, and, you know, I want to get to uh, Total Bellas, Mara Ranallo, a few other things as well. But just to wrap up the comments of what I've said so far, I mean, this thing with uh, the segment on Monday with Lashley, just people want to say it sucks, thought it was abysmal. Was it worse than This Is Your Life with Bailey and Alexa Bliss? No, it was not worse. All right, this was just a dumb skit that wasn't needed. Didn't it add any additional heat to Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley, which is obviously what they want to do. Um, but it wasn't as cringeworthy as Alexa Bliss and Bailey. That you're you're comparing a guy that just came into the company and Sami Zayn, who you know is not been big as far as a push on his own on WWE's main roster because he's been associated mostly with Kevin Owens of late. You know, trying to you know enhance a storyline or a match between those two, and it didn't go off well. And you're comparing that to a woman who people thought was going to be the female John Cena as far as popular goes and Alexa Bliss who has been one of their uh, more um, dominant champions in the last couple of years who has improved herself tremendously you can't even compare the two skits they were both horrendous but trying to put in this politically bullshit into it as well is ridiculous and that's one of the things that I'm going to be talking about if if I do have Vince Russo on it's not definite yet I mean it's really going to depend on all of you you know, I always say this, you know, we have the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Don Tony. You're more than welcome, everyone out there to give it a shot. You know, not only is that page needed to help keep these shows free for everyone, keep the lights on, keep the bills paid, but we really put a hell of a lot of hard work into that page to give back. Mish and I do a podcast every other week called Breakfast Soup. And the episodes run two to three hours on average, sometimes three and a half hours. And it is a combination of Breakfast of Blossie and Wrestling Soup. Kev Castle, everybody who has always said they wanted to hear a solo show of Kev Castle, he's got a solo show there. I mean, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of hours of content already. There's over 50 episodes of Breakfast Soup. There's close to 50 episodes right now of Castle Chronicles. And you get that for as little as five bucks for the month. We have giveaways, contests there. I just sent someone an autographed Owen Hart figure. All right, because Owen Hart is his biggest fan. I mean, he, he was one of Owen Hart's biggest fans. You know, we're talking about an adult here who lives overseas in Portugal. And, you know, I go on his Facebook page. I see that he's a gigantic Owen Hart fan. He wrote, you know, discussions about Owen Hart. I see clips that he's posted. He's not obsessed with Owen Hart, but I see that he's a lifelong Owen Hart fan. And he won a contest recently and I surprised him. I gave him uh, an Owen Hart autograph figure. All right, a much bigger prize than what was due to him. And for people that uh, think that I'm full of shit, people on Patreon will see very, very shortly. He'll probably post a picture of it. But my point is, is that it's a very small, tight-knit family there about 500 people. And, you know, as much as we push it and as much as we have all this stuff going on over there, less than one half of 1% of our listeners tune in. So when I went on Twitter the other day, I said, you know what? We can't even get 1% of our listeners to sign up on Patreon 
maybe we could get 1% or half of 1% of our listeners to just like, you know, the tweet about Vince Russo coming on. And a lot of people don't even want to do that. So, you know, it's going to depend on your feedback there. The one thing I promise you is that it's not going to be a footsie uh, show. I'm not going to play footsie with the guy. All right. Yeah, I am a huge supporter of his, but I totally disagree of the way that he's been blackballed from this all-in event. All right. I talked about this with Mish um, last Monday when Kev Castle wasn't on. It's not you know, in offense to anybody in all in that just don't want him there. I just, you know, I'm not going to repeat everything I said. You could listen to last Monday's DTKC show episode to hear everything that I had said at that time. But, you know, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more because, you know, it's, I know this sounds nuts, but I've said this once or twice before. Vince Russo's turned into the, to the new Ultimate Warrior. And I don't mean by as far as charisma, in-ring ability, talent, or anything like that. What I mean by that is that there was one point where Ultimate Warrior was the most popular person for people to shit on. People in the business, fans. It was just, you had a DVD come out, the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. I take pride in the fact that yours truly, Kevin Castle, and quite a few of our listeners out there never wavered as far as being fans of the Ultimate Warrior. Sure, some of the things that he had said over the years was, you know, really, you know, offensive. You know, but we also knew that as he started a family, as he got married, and as he grew older, he learned and he was educated and he realized that, you know, the things that he had said really offended a lot of people and he actually started understanding and had different views about things. You know, again, I, I've said this so many times before in the past. I mean, I live in the United States, all right, where you do, are, are uh, you're innocent until proven guilty as far as crimes go. But not only that, you know, people do have the opportunity to redeem themselves and you have the freedom to learn, grow, you know, learn from your mistakes and, you know, just, just, it's, we're, we're a free country and there's too many people out there in this day and age that will crucify someone to the cross. I mean, look what happened with Maranalo and JBL and this, it actually made news this week and I have a clip from a year ago that Kevin and I did on a DTKC show about Mauro Ranallo, and I'm going to share it with you in a moment. But think back to a year ago when Mauro Ranallo left WWE, had the settlement with WWE, and eventually would return, which is a wonderful thing. But there was not one podcast a year ago who took the stand that Kevin and I took about that situation. All right, everybody was immediate to crucify JBL to the cross because of the actions that JBL did in years past. A lot of people dislike JBL. All right, so the minute they thought that there was this accusation that JBL was doing shit to Maranalo, guilty until proven innocent. And that's not the way things go. But what happened with JBL? Not to the extent of Vince Russo, but with JBL, guilty until proven innocent. And I'm sorry, we don't we don't live that way in our country. All right. Yes, you could be very skeptical. Look at even today. All right, if anybody that pays attention to news, our President Trump is currently in Bethpage, Long Island. He landed at JFK Airport about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes ago. JFK Airport is less than 10 minutes from my house. 
And he's here in New York because he's having a meeting about the gang MS-13. All right. Now, anybody out there that doesn't know that what MS-13 is all about, do your research. In a lot of ways, they are more brutal than even Al-Qaeda. And our president called them animals a couple of weeks ago. And right away, people that can't stand the president interpreted that, that anybody who is an illegal immigrant is an animal. Now, look, has he said dopey things in the past? Sure. I'm still a huge supporter of his. But just because he said that remark in the past towards others, you can't just keep bringing it up over and over again and use it in different sentences. So what do you have today? You have all uh, these protests going on in Long Island right now, and they put some of the people on TV. And the people that are being interviewed are upset at our president for calling MS-13 gang members animals. And their defense was, this is not the culture that we live in, that everybody is a human being and everybody has redeeming qualities and everybody is a, it should not be, nobody should be called animals. And you, you tell that to someone who fucking, you, you, their son or daughter is stabbed 40 times or someone who is raped and then fucking beheaded or things like that. And that is, do you even understand what MS-13, what, what that stands for, the meaning behind that? So yeah, they are fucking animals. But the people in Long Island, the people that were protesting today, they weren't upset at the fact that he called gang members animals. All right, they're basically, in putting simple English, we do not like the President Trump. So we're going to find any reason why we don't like him and we're going to use that as an excuse, excuse to berate him. So because he called gang members animals and because they are of Mexican and Latino descent, we will use that and say that everybody is has redeeming qualities and everybody's a human being and blah, 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 blah. And we're just doing this because we do not like Trump and we're trying to find a reason to do That's what you did to JBL last year. And that's what you still do the JBL in a lot of ways up until now. A lot of people accuse JBL for being a reason why Mauro Ranallo left. Now, the big news this week, and I know I kind of drifted off in the Vince Russo Ultimate Warrior thing. I guess I should just finish that right now. The point I was trying to compare Ultimate Warrior to Vince Russo is, again, not wrestler, not in-ring, not talent, not anything, charisma, personality. It was simply that at one point, the cool thing to do amongst the wrestling community was to outcast Ultimate Warrior for being this, 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 and this. And then a lot of wrestling fans, the cool thing to do is for everybody to jump the bandwagon and fucking shit on Ultimate Warrior for this, 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 and this. And then at some point, some point, you know, the wrestling community started warming up to Ultimate Warrior. And then WWE accepted him. And then he, they, he had the meeting with Triple H. And then all was forgiven. And then he re reunited with uh, Hulk Hogan. All was forgiven. And then he did the video game commercial. And then fans started to see, hey, you know what? The wrestling com you know, community, the people in the business are now embracing Ultimate Warrior. Not every single person. He still got criticism by an, uh, quite a few people. But the majority of people out there embraced him, accepted him, loved him again, forgave him and said he grew up. So what did they do? They followed suit. But up until that point, Ultimate Warrior was an outcast, a homophobe, this and that and this. And everybody, fuck, you know, majority of people went along with it. That's what they're doing to Vince Russo right now. 
All right. And the comments that Cody Rhodes said about Vince Russo, I thought were uncalled for. I explained it last week on the DTKC show. I just expressed my opinion. I'm not going to bash Cody Rhodes. I think he was very ignorant. And, you know, it, it was a little bit revealing. And, and you know what? Since people out there probably didn't hear the clip of uh, what Cody Rhodes said, I'll, I'll play the clip now since I didn't have it last week. Here's Cody Rhodes talking about why Vince Russo is not going to be part of All In taking place in Illinois. Something that you might not want to talk about, you're welcome to bypass this question. Uh, we've seen a lot of, uh, I guess, back and forth between yourself and Vince Russo. Uh, One. Well, a, l a little bit of back and forth between yourself and Vince Russo uh, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> he, you know, obviously he's trying to slither his way into StarCast. Um, what kind of role do you have with that? And he's invited you um, to be part of his show. Is that something that you'd be even willing to entertain? at all. No, and I, I mean no disrespect by saying no. The uh, kind of here, the situation, uh, StarCast is our, our partner. Matt and Nick and I do not have full control of StarCast. We have some involvement. You know, we've approved a lot of the names and we're helping coordinate meet and greets. And StarCast is going to be absolutely gangbusters for a wrestling fan, fan service, fan service, fan service. But uh, when Russo's name got bought up, I, I hate to sound naive, I don't know much about Vince Russo. It's probably my least favorite period of wrestling in the first place. I don't know, and I work for WWE. I know if you're a writer, that just means Vince isn't the writer. Vince writes WWE, nobody else. Um, so I, I don't mean to take his accolades away or any of that. I just, when he, his name got caught up a lot of modern issues he had with homophobia and things of that nature. That's not getting heat. That's being an idiot. That's being naive. That's being ignorant. The wrestling world is open to everybody. And and his whole I'm a real heel. Well, who's the baby face that's beating you up? There isn't one. You're not. You're you're not. You're you're doing that old. I can't stand that carny shock factor. Shock factor's out the window, man. Uh, and uh, so so I needed to make that clear. And I, I tried to be as polite. I wasn't, but as polite as I could. That he's nowhere near our event. Um, and that's just gonna stay that way. We we don't want to turn off a whole community. That, that, that's that's just it's. I couldn't I couldn't see myself doing that. Also, the Bucks didn't even know he was announced. I handled that. <laughs> that. So so no, I'm not doing his podcast. I mean no disrespect, but that's kind of the end of it. With he could tweet at me every day for the next ten years and. We're, we're done. I don't give my money to you if you if you don't deserve it. I don't think he deserves anybody's money. Now I'm going way too in on it. So. <laughs> now, like I said, I got into this conversation with Mish last week. And if you didn't listen to the episode, go tune in, go check it out. But, um, you know, look, I totally disagree with what Cody Rhodes said. I did get a kick out of, if you listen to that clip closely, at the very beginning, he knows virtually nothing about Vince Russo, but then at the end, you know, he's has every little nick of detail that's negative about the guy. Do I think Vince Russo is a homophobe? No. I don't I don't think so. It's just, and it's not because I'm a fan of his or I, you know, follow his work or it has nothing to do with that. All right. I don't think there's hate in Vince Russo's heart 
towards homosexuals. All right, that is a big fucking stretch. And let's be honest, everyone, I'm not going to start naming names, but there have been a lot of wrestlers over the years who have been caught on a hot mic or someone's camcorder footage where they call someone, you know, some slurs or homophobic references. And do they hate gays? No. Do they hate people of color? No. Do they? But why do they say it? The same reason why I said, I used to say it when I was young, when I used to say it kidding around people. Not that I hated gays in any way, shape, or form. If I would call someone the F word, the reason why I would say it is because my in my th- mind, in my mind, I was saying that because the person who I was saying it to was a heterosexual, all right, or tried to portray themselves as this big, you know, manly, tough guy. And it usually would take place in clubs or anything like that. But, you know, when you said that to someone who's a Jersey Shore ripoff wannabe ultra male masculine, you know, person, and then you call them that word, it's like the ultimate, ultimate insult to them. So you didn't say it because you hated gays. You said it because you knew it was going to really, you know, just really trigger the person who you're trying to say. When you call someone a name or you get angry at someone for whatever reason, whatever name you call them, you say certain things because you want to maximize the, the most. You want to get that person offended or angry or insulted as much as you possibly can. So over the years, when we were kids growing up, people thought, hey, I'll use this word or I'll use that word or I'll use this word. You know, some people would call when I used to be 350 pounds, people, they, they, their go to word was fat. Because they knew that it really would upset me. Now, if I'm no longer fat, what do you say then? So you use this, so you use that, use this. So people use certain words, not necessarily because they hate a demographic, but because they want, they think they can maximize the, you know, the insult to the person that they're doing it to. But as we grow and we learn that maybe I don't dislike gays in any way, shape, or form, but it offends gays. So out of respect to them, I don't do it anymore. I don't say it anymore. It's out of my system. I don't get the urge to say it. I don't even think about it. Even when I explained, when I did my dedication to Run DMC in 1986, when I did the tribute to Run DMC, I didn't hate blacks. I didn't hate hip hop. That was my favorite fucking music. And Run DMC was my favorite group at that time. So when I dressed up as Run DMC, I knew I was paying tribute to that band. St. Francis Prep is the high school that I went to, Catholic school. I still have in my collection the Halloween party that we had in junior year of high school where everybody went to the Halloween party. There were people dressed up as Mexicans. There were people dressed up as Arabs. There was somebody who went blackface. There was somebody, who, that peep, guys dressing up as women. All right. That, that was the 80s. All right. All of us since then, for the most part, have grown up to say back then they did guys didn't hate women, guys didn't hate Arabs, guys didn't hate gays, guys didn't hate blacks, but they were doing it to dress up as something else. But over the years, we learned and realize and understand that it offends people. So sometimes, even though in your heart you know that you don't have hate, but if you realize you're still offending someone, you stop doing it. 
That's why I would never, ever dare dress up in blackface or tribute someone who I absolutely love and adore. You know, in my heart and my mind, I'm tributing, but for other people out there, they get offended to it. So me, I'm not going to be this, you know, this stubborn person to say, you know what? I'm not doing it because of that. So fuck you. I'm doing it anyway. You know what? If a lot of people are offended by it, then you know what? Out of respect to those people, I don't do it. And that's just the way it is. But, you know, again, you got people throwing this homophobic thing to Vince Russo his way. And I just think that is so wrong and out of bounds because, again, there are a lot of wrestlers over the years who have used questionable words, who have been caught on fan cams. Hell, there are wrestlers who are Hall of Famers now who use really offensive words to crowds and almost started riots in their career. And did they really hate those demographics in real life? No, not at all. But they knew it was going to maximize how upset people would get. You just can't do certain things like you used to. But to turn around and immediately point fingers, you're a homophobe, that's why you can't go, and this and that, I just think is way out of bounds. But it's just an opinion. You know, I, I just commended everything that is being planned for all in. This This is uh, a record his, historic it's historic it is historic of what's going down with this event that's going to take place and i used that word repeatedly last week and they deserve all the credit in the world and everybody that wants to go have a great time i am still you know f- not sure if i can go yet you know i'm not gonna you know play up to everyone and milk everybody for a month or two and say hey i was offered hey i don't know if i could go hey but deep down inside i know i can't you know if you know you can't i then you don't go and if i know i can't go then i'll just say to everyone look i can't go but for people that want me to be there i'll tell you exactly what the deal is i do insurance for a living And if those who invited yours truly are hearing this, I want them to hear this as well. You know, it's better than having to type 10 minutes of essay. But what's going on with yours truly about this event is simple. I do insurance for a living. Now, if everybody out there listening, I'm sure you have car insurance, house insurance, or your family has car house insurance. And I use those two examples right off the bat. Now, I want you to picture, picture that your policies renew the last week in August. All right. Now imagine if I'm your broker and two weeks before the end of the month, I say, hey, listen, I'm going on vacation for the last week in August. Could you do me a favor? Could you pay your renewal a week or two early? This way, you know, I don't have to be around when your policy renews. Now, when you're talking about having the layout pay thousands and thousands of dollars here in New York, Asking a customer to pay two weeks early because you want to go on a vacation, that's asking a lot. I can't wait until after the event because the insurance companies are not going to give extra time. If I called an insurance company right now and said, look, blah, 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 his policy is expiring on September 1st, but I'm going to be in Chicago for, you know, for vacation. Is there any way you could extend their coverage until September 3rd or 4th when I get back? They'll be like, what are you out of your fucking mind? So the problem is I have customers who are expiring that week and I don't know if I can get all of them to pay their policies early. And I don't even think that's appropriate. So 
I am getting ready to contact all of these customers. It's only about seven or eight of them, but we're talking tens of thousands of dollars involved here. And I don't have that kind of money to lay it out for them and just get the money back from them when I return. So if even one of them says, no, I, I can't, you know, do it beforehand. And it's, then I'm, then I, I have to decline going, but that's what's going on right now. So I'm just telling you straight up what the deal is. Now, look, I apologize about going back and forth a little bit. That's what I do over here. I mean, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I get into. And I know it gets a little frustrating for people who like to put clips of my Breakfast with Blasi on YouTube because I'll go from Mauro Ranallo to Vince Russo to the Ultimate Warrior to JBL and back to Mauro Ranallo. I definitely want to play a clip of our show that we did a year ago because it actually has a lot to do with what broke this week with Mauro Ranallo and his interview that he did on the MMA Hour. But before... I do that. I'd like to give some shout outs. First of all, shout out to Ozalot, who is our uh, latest, newest patron. Welcome aboard. Some of our associate producers and sponsors. I mean, without them, these shows not only would not be free. I don't even know if we would be able to do the shows. You know, I, I say this so many times before, you know, it's great to have an insane amount of listeners tuning in, but with that comes an extraordinary cost. And the amount of money involved for servers, for websites, for bandwidth, for hosting, for equipment, for this, it, it does get up there in, in price. And I know a lot of you have heard these names repeatedly, but just shows how dedicated they are to what we do. And if you like to give our Patreon page a shot, it is patreon.com slash Don Tony. I always keep the offer open. Sign up for five bucks. You get access to everything that I mentioned earlier, giveaways, pay-per-view predictions, contests. You don't like it, send me a private message. I'll be more than happy to refund your five bucks. It, I don't take it as an insult. Would never mention it publicly. You know, it, it, just give it a shot. See if you like it. Merle Coombs Jr., Tyg Z. Bowers, Karim Diogo-Nobre, Mitch Atkinson, Jerry Stewart, Michael Cuomo, Steve Spiniak, Daniel Warren, Razorback Rob, Adam Demoy, Brian Byrne, Rob McCabe, Douglas McKay, Marcus Antonius, the metaphor Isaac Fox, Carl Butoy, Cheese and Rice, Frank O'Shea, Anna the Gay Banana, James, De James Deal, Crestman, CJ Uihara, Scott Woodford, Toby Deshong, Jason Pratt, Josh Wilson, Mendingo Chamberlain, Dan Hayes, Valdez, Lucia Dalban, Sean DeMarsh, Bob Mack. Tim Everhart, Anthony Arado, Julian LeBlanc, Jeffrey Collins, Matt Militia, Mark Israel, James Grusom, Anthony Smith, Alton Ahia, Mitch Atkinson, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, uh, Charles Lentz, The Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, The Evil Baker and Butcher, Chris Hunt and Salami, Billy Taylor, Nico Time, uh, Simon Hoodie Hood, Carlitos Ortiz, Carrera II, Hassan uh, Hashmi, Brent Webster, Brandon Goins, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss. Thank you for the support as always. TV Tracks on YouTube. I think he's taking a little vacation, everyone, just to let everyone know, because I know some of you would ask, hey, where are the latest clips on, you on TV Tracks? I think he's just taking a little mental break. I mean, it is a lot of work to put up the, the clips. And, you know, you got to understand something. It's not just putting up clips. He listens to everybody's shows 
to find the segments that he feels you would enjoy listening to. And it's not just us. It's Solomon's show. It's everybody's show that he puts up there. Guy does a tremendous amount of work and everybody out there should be supporting him. TV tracks on YouTube, rock reviews also on YouTube. DJ Dells and his sneaker podcast. You can find him under the name of Sneaker Addict. And my thoughts and prayers are with you, Dells. Had no idea of the personal situation you're going through right now. I don't want to say too much of it publicly, but someone very close to him has been diagnosed with cancer. I know it's the, the C word sucks. Last week, Mission, I talked about Justin Credible's wife being struck with it. Now I get I heard about what happened with Dell's, so my thoughts and prayers are with you tremendously. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, collectible, and comic book needs. Crisis in the Toyverse, Your Best Bargains, LLC. They have a store on Amazon and on eBay. Skyhawks Wrestling Collectibles. You can find them on eBay under the name Skyhawk28. And we got a new plug today. This is pretty cool. Uh, one of our loyal listeners and patron, Jude Brazier, has a store. It's on a website called Displate.com. D-I-S-P-L-A-T-E.com. He's an artist and he does artwork on metal. And it's like metal, like signs you could put above like your couch or in your office room or your, your, uh, your man cave. I went on this page on Monday night. I was like, holy shit, this is cool. And I swear on a stack of Bibles, I'm trying to figure out what I could pick up from over there and where I could put it. He's got like some retro game type of metal artwork. I think I'm going to buy one and put it in my little uh, studio office here. But uh, just go browse. Go check it out. I mean, it's it's very unique stuff. And if anybody has noticed, not only do we plug certain people here, be, you know, because they're family, but they have some very unique content, very unique podcasts, very unique stores. And they really, every single person that we plug, it has a real big uniqueness to themselves. And I swear, you go look for yourselves and you'll be like, wow, this is pretty damn impressive. It is displate.com slash Aloman Shah, and I'll spell that, E-L-O-M-I-N-S-H-A, Aloman Shah. Now, as I said earlier, I wanted to get into something briefly regarding Mauro Ranallo. All right, um, if you're not aware of it already, and I know it was discussed on Monday, and by the way, I want to thank Mish tremendously for uh, doing DTKC show on Monday, taking my place. I will be back this Monday in full force. You know, needed one week, you know, is the mental break. Just recharge the battery, save a little bit of bullets for breakfast with Blossie. You know, if you haven't figured it out by now, every month and a half to two months, yours truly will take a week off. Kevin Castle will take a week off. It's a mandatory week off this way. You know, we have time to just recharge. You'd be surprised how much difference a week makes just by taking off a little bit of time. Uh, but getting back to Mauro Ranallo, he's got a, a special on Friday. This Friday, May 25th, 9 p.m. on Showtime. It talks about his battle with being bipolar. He's got a bipolar disorder, and I know you have heard the term thrown around quite a, quite a bit. I know in the past I have actually accused certain individuals of being bipolar, and you know the more I learn about this disorder, the more I shouldn't jump the gun and automatically assume someone is, and I'll say it, you know, my apologies to CM Punk. You know, I think 
you know, multiple personality disorder or maybe just the, you know, having attitude issues might have been better appropriate way back when. But, you know, I know I threw the accusation towards him way back when. And, and honestly, a lot of people agree with me on that. But you know what? Bipolar disorder is nothing that you want to throw around to someone, especially if they don't suffer from it. And it's I think it's insulting for people that do. And the more I learn about bipolar disorder and the battle that you have emotionally, you know, I have a lot of respect for Mauro Ranallo and anybody who has that everyday battle. You know, you hear about people who are, are battling alcoholism, even though they're clean, haven't had a drink in 10 years. You recently, Dustin Rhodes celebrated 10 years sobriety. And some people out there were like, oh, well, you know what? 10 years, good for you. Everybody, you know, but no, that, that is a major battle that he goes through every day. And it's very important to him um, that he's not only sober, but can celebrate, you know, uh, 10 years of, of uh, a real hard battle. And the more I learn about Mar Ranallo's illness, you know, the more you realize, you know, this guy deserves a lot of credit. However, a year ago, um, we first learned of Mar Ranallo settling with WWE. If you remember, he had walked out and JBL was the sacrificial lamb. And a lot of people immediately pointed the finger, blaming JBL, uh, accusing him of being very, very nasty and bullying Mar Ranallo. And, you know, last year he came to a settlement with WWE and he had made a couple of words publicly, as did WWE. And they stated that JBL had nothing to do with Mauro Ranallo leaving last year. And I remember um, JBL even making a statement uh, defending himself and people still did not accept it. And Kevin and I talked about it last year and we had a very unique look at what was going on. We are definite big time supporters of Mauro Ranallo, but I dare say a year ago, I don't know any other podcast out there that took the stand that we took on this show. And although we were supporters of Mauro Ranallo, we felt that number one, it was a little bit unfair for JBL being lambasted as he was simply because of his history Sometimes you got to give people a benefit of the doubt. And more importantly, you know, the silence on behalf of Mauro Ranallo. I thought that that was so unfair for, for JBL. And you look, does Mauro Ranallo dislike JBL? Sure, it feels that way. The way he was retweeting people insulting JBL last year, it sort of feels that way. But sometimes, you know, even if you have personal animosity towards someone, if they didn't do something that people are alleging, you know, sometimes the better man steps up and says, hey, look, you know, I, I want to just get this right out in the open. Uh, this has nothing to do with JBL. You know, I think he's being falsely accused and leave it at that. My biggest problem last year was that it took over a month for anybody to come forward and say that JBL had nothing to do with it. All right. I know what a lot of you are thinking. Well, that means he probably did have something to do with it. We don't know. But the bottom line is, if he had nothing to do with it, I just thought it was really, really unfair for Maranalo to keep silent and not clear that right away. Anyway, here's our discussion from April 2017. And the reason why I'm playing it more than anything is because it is still 100% pertinent compared to now. 
And even though Mara Ranallo had that very powerful interview with MMA Hour this week, I don't think it changes anything of what was discussed a year ago. Here's our clip. Marinalo's deal with WWE is officially over. Right. Newsweek had an article. And you know what? We understand the business side of being a corporate company and in the stock market and having an answer to stockholders. And the fact that WWE still had JBL on TV, no matter how emotional people got online, fire JBL. And we don't know what actually went on. We don't know if JBL really went off on him as much as we all think JBL did because of his history. We don't know if Mauro Ranallo maybe should have never, thank you, Justin Roberts, Mauro Ranallo should have never even been in WWE simply because maybe couldn't handle the pressure or the workload. The fact that Mauro Ranallo didn't even consider moving to Raw or anything like that, we don't know. But I will say this, you know, even though we love Mauro Ranallo, and I know this is going to be unpopular, all right, but I'm going to say it because this is how I feel. Even though Mauro Ranallo easily is my favorite announcer the last couple of years since JR is no longer a full-time announcer, Mauro Ranallo mm. easily was my favorite. But just because he's bipolar doesn't mean that he should escape criticism like anyone else. If anything, I think Mauro Ranallo would want to be you know, treated like everyone else. And you don't give someone special treatment simply because, oh, I have a medical condition. That was the one thing that I, I used to get really annoyed at Joey924, who we used to do a show with. The guy had balls of steel when he did the show. He was great on the show. You know, and he would, you know, talk tough and he would be entertaining as fuck. But then when I get into a little argument with him, oh, you're picking on a guy in a wheelchair. Like, if you want to be treated like everyone else... I don't care if you're bipolar. I don't care if you're not bipolar. I think he deserves criticism. And I think Mauro Ranallo right now deserves a little criticism. And I'll tell you why. I, I agree with you. So, again, yeah, say yeah. what you're going to say. Because well, I, I think it's time somebody said that even in, in the podcast world. So I'm glad you're saying it again. I'll tell you why. Because in this article with Newsweek, obviously Mauro Ranallo made a settlement with WWE and not supposed to talk about it. JBL made a comment to Newsweek, and JBL said, and I quote, Admittedly, I took part in locker room pranks that existed within the industry years ago. WWE addressed my behavior, and I responded accordingly. Yet my past is being brought up because of recent unfounded rumors. I apologize if anything I said playing the bad guy on a TV show was misconstrued. That's what he said. WWE also made a comment and said, as part of our commitment, to create an in, in exclu, inclu, inclusive environment. In April 2011, we launched our anti-bullying campaign, Be A Star, which encourages young people to treat each other with tolerance and respect. As a publicly traded company, that mantra carries forward in our corporate culture. As such, we fully investigate any allegations of inappropriate behavior, including the recent, the recent alleged situation with John Layfield, despite no formal complaint having been submitted. Now, again, JBL is no innocent guy out there, and he's done a lot of fucked up shit over the years, and this, this, and that. But that is right. WWE's statement. And that is JBL's statement, all right? So, you know, again, the fact that TMZ never covered it, the fact that a publicly traded company, you know, is not going to, you know, risk things. I know, you know, everybody wants to think this is still the cowboy 70s era where, you know, everything runs roughshod because JBL is Vince's guy and this and that. 
But here's why I'm a little annoyed at Mar Ranallo. Mar Ranallo said in this article with JBL, all right, he first says that WWE and I mutually agreed to part ways and it has nothing to do with JBL. That's what Ranallo said. Now, we don't know... How much of that is true or not? I'm sure people on the service right on the surface right now are saying about Marino. Yeah, okay, it's not about JBL. You know what I mean? But here's my point: the fact that Marino tells Newsweek this had nothing to do about JBL. Marino, why did you leave JBL to hang out to dry the last month on Twitter, retweeting yeah. retweeting a lot of negative things about JBL? JBL. Yeah, was he a dick to you? Probably. All right, did you take the on-air character a little bit too seriously? Possibly. Did JBL say a couple of things behind the scenes? Probably. Did JBL act very jealous about your talent? Definitely. But the fact that you let this guy hang out to dry the way you did for a month and then a month later say this had nothing to do with JBL, that annoys me and that disappoints me i don't care if there's a settlement or not if that is not true what he's saying what does that say about him being true to himself and in true to everyone else that everybody has a price you know no, what I, mean? I agree with you i agree with what you're saying i mean what you're saying is right on the money especially now that it's come to surface and you know i want to make something clear too somebody brought up how morrow's doctor told him not to use social media i'm not talking about the day of the incident i'm talking about the first day that he came back to social media and was posting thousands of tweets and retweets or hundreds you know right. that's when he should have said hey everyone i know i haven't been around you know but uh you know i'm fine and you know everyone out there you know this has nothing to do with jbl so you know let's just le- leave that alone you yeah know, it's between see, me and the company yeah, and we're working it out and just something like that why, why not nothing, say anything i nothing. mean come on that's and i got news for you not to sound like a dick but think about it you know, how do you think, as a, as a guy, I mean, how do you think, how would you feel, Kev, right now, if you had 100,000 people showing you support and love online and retweeting you and telling you, we appreciate you, we care about you, we hope you're doing good? That, oh, wait, wait, this, this, is, this is fantasy? No, it's fa- well, it's fantasy <laughs> for you and I. My point that'll, that'll is... That'll never happen, Don. My, Don Cody, we're in reality. Right? Yeah, my point is, Morrow is getting showered with all that love and support from everyone out there. He's like... I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to yeah, say. probably he was drinking it in, man. He was, he was drinking, drinking it in. in he was man. drinking it drinking in. in. That's what it is. And, you know, look, yeah. you know, everyone out there, you know, you, you can't. You know, I'm not trying to compare Morrow to Benoit. But, you know, when someone, you know, is one of your favorites, you can't turn around and, you know, use that as a reason to defend them when they actually have done something a little bit questionable or wrong. And, you know, Morrow's drinking all this in, and then after six weeks later, after JBL is already crucified on the cross and is resurrected from the dead, now you say, oh, it had nothing to do with JBL? I mean, what made you wait so long? And look, everyone, I want to make this perfectly clear. I understand that celebrities can't go public and dispel every accusation that is being said about them. I mean, look at what's going on with Nikki Bella and John Cena. You know, now there's reports in People magazine and other places that, you know, the the wedding is back on, it's planned for later this year, and this, this, and that. Nikki Bella is one of the most intelligent women out there in wrestling. 
I'm not a fan of hers. I don't follow her stuff, but she is goddamn smart and intelligent. I'll tell you why, and then I'll play the Maranol clip. If you are intelligent also, you will pick up on this, all right? What has been going on over the last week or so is that fan after fan after fan after fan, and some podcasts and websites as well, but a lot of fans are using the term work when it comes to Nikki and John Cena. Oh, it was a work all along. It was a work. It was a work. It was a work. They lied. It was a work. It was a work. It was. A, it's almost like a song. It was a work. It was a work. It was a work. They lied. It was a work. It was a work. It was a work. They lied. It was a work. It was a work. It was a work. They lied. But they did But she's smart because she is taking the ignorance and generalization from people out there, and she is twisting it to her advantage. I picked up on this right away. I know a few other people as well. And I hope you all pick up on it too. She's going all over social media and she's saying, I don't know where these people get their sources from. You're all saying that it was a work. You have no idea how wrong you are. You have no idea how wrong you are. You have no idea how wrong you are. And she's right. Now, some of you on the service might be saying, wait a minute, DT. The day they broke up, you didn't believe it. You said it was bullshit. So how could you take that stand but yet say Nikki Bella is right? Because what did I say since day one? That Nikki Bella and John Cena did not break up. They postponed the wedding because their schedules are too hectic right now. John Cena is about to star in a movie. Uh, being produced by The Rock, that they can't, this is the wrong time for them to settle down, have kids, raise a family. So they put off the wedding. That's what happened. And that's what I said all along. That is a big difference than saying it's a work, it's a work, it's a work. So what's happening? She's taking everybody who is just generalizing it too much and saying it's a work. And she's saying, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're 100% wrong. And they are. They are wrong. It's not, it wasn't a work. It wasn't a work. They really postponed the wedding. That was real. But people immediately took it that they broke up. And then what about those asinine rumors about Carmella? And Jesus Christ, you know, even podcasts that I know fell for it. And like, just take a step back. And just picture yourself in that situation. It made no sense. And then the weirdness factor of WWE posting the video of John Cena professing his love for Nikki. How weird is that? You're at your company and you have two employees who are dating. The two employees break up and you have one person still professing their love, even though they broke up and you're playing that video to millions of people all across the world. How awkward does that make the woman who initiated the breakup? Why would they do that? It's weird. Why did they do that? Because it was just postponed the wedding. There was no breakup. It was postponed to the wedding. People just immediately took it that they broke up and this is and that. And ah, you got what you got now. Too many people out there generalize things too much and a lot of people out there don't listen look at the enzo news enzo it was announced earlier this well about a week ago that no charges were going to be filed against him and people were reporting it like you know the holy shit you know blah 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 and i played a clip from our show three months ago 
confronting people, saying, why are you using charges? No charges have been filed. The police are just reviewing everything. And it's got to come to a head very, very soon. Rape kits don't take years to do. And we got into this whole thing three months ago, but people were just very careless in their words, convicting this guy when there wasn't even any charges filed. And sure enough, there is just lack of evidence that he did anything wrong. Now, just in some news, I want to report this now. Uh, On Memorial Day at 9 p.m., Enzo is going to be in New York City. Ironically, yours truly has an event to go to with my girlfriend right near Times Square. So we're actually trying to work something out where we can uh, be in Times Square on Memorial Day. The problem is, got the DTKC show that night. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be really cutting things close. How am I going to watch Raw, get back? You know, so we actually have an event to go to earlier in the day. If we end up making a night out of it and go to Times Square on Memorial Day, then uh, Kev might be doing a solo show. Not sure yet. I mean, obviously, I would be respectful to him and give him, you know, more than a couple of hours notice and say, hey, Kev, I can't do Monday. I'm going to be in Times Square. Might even be, uh, you know, meeting Enzo and just uh, seeing what the deal is. Now, he's going to be in Times Square Basically, he's going to break his social media silence, as he calls it, and he's going to post live and on Instagram and thank some people, you know, who are in his corner since day one. I give major, major props to Mish and Joey Numbers especially. Kev as well. But Mish and Joey Numbers, I mean, more than me, were really adamant from the beginning that, you know, they just, a lot of things didn't add up with these accusations. Me, I'm more on the forensic side. They were more on the, you know, just the common sense side. Just like me, I was the opposite when it comes to, you know, Ronaldo and a few other things. You know, I don't always, so uh, I give them a whole lot of credit. But um, people are wondering, what is Enzo's next move going to be? And I don't know, I've heard from a few people personally that he's going to be like DJing, emceeing parties, big time events. I don't want to say Hot 97 here in New York, but I've had a few people telling me that he might be getting involved in a lot of music and entertainment. So we'll wait and see. I mean, personally, as a wrestling fan, I'd rather see him wrestle. Maybe he could do both, but I'm curious. I'm curious to see what Enzo does, and I'm very happy that he could start getting his life back on track. And that's one thing, you know, this is one thing I like about the fact that these shows that we do are online, that, you know, my recordings are online for well over 15 years worth of content. I take a certain stand. You know, I usually stick to it. I mean, sometimes my mind changes, you know, I, sometimes I evolve in certain things, but I always take a stand on how I feel about something and I'm not saying this to break in any way, shape, or form, but arguably, you look at all the years that I've been doing these shows, 2018 might be one of the creepiest in the sense that every single analysis that, or 99% of the analysis that I have talked about on every major story has ended up being correct. You know, yeah, the the corny entertainment stuff with Cena and Nikki, but even dissecting the thing about John Bravo and Roman Reigns with the steroids or other things that went on. I mean, one after the other after the other. 
And I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces of advice I could ever give podcasters out there. I always tell you all that ask me for advice and stuff like that. Look, I'm no professional, but I always talk to you as if we're all friends. I mean, I know I'm not perfectly professional in the voice. I actually was challenged uh, by a particular wrestling network to do this episode curse-free because they were interested in bringing one of the shows that I do on their network, but they didn't want the vulgar language like I do. And unfortunately, I didn't oblige this week. You know, it is very much appreciated, all the support that is given towards every one of us that are involved in these shows, absolutely. And, um, you know, but you look at this year especially, it's, you know, I, I really, biggest advice I give to people, be yourself, and if you honestly feel a certain way about something, you know, stick to your guns, but also back up why you say you feel this way. How, you know, one of the things that I think is just so goddamn fake right now, and I know a lot of you probably see this, especially with podcasts, you'll see someone write very, very tough on Twitter. Tough guy, you know, take a certain stand, PC, anti-PC, SJW, non-SJW, whatever it is. And then they go on their podcast and they do a 180. And this is why I don't listen to many other shows out there. I listen to Soup. I listen to Solo Monster whenever I can. I don't have that much free time. I joke online and I say, listen, if, if I have free time, I dedicate it to my own shows and making my own shows better than wasting, you know, 10, 20 hours listening to other shows. But I do listen to other shows because I'm fans of their work. But, you know, just be yourself. And if you're going to take a stand, you know, be prepared to accept some criticism as well. But the best way to fight criticism is accuracy. And let me tell you something. I know one of my negative traits is always bragging about getting things right and this, this, and that. But Jesus Christ, you go back to the day that Cena and Nikki, you know, postponed the wedding. They announced the breakup. You look at the day that these rumors started flying about Carmella and Cena. You look at when Roman Reigns was accused of steroids. You look at the Enzo situation. You look, I could go down the list and name about 20 things this year. And, you know, a lot of people will twist and backtrack and try to mold things a certain way to try to make them. Nah, you, you know, I remember, I think it was Courtney Summers is looking to do possibly a podcast. And I don't remember which podcast it was, but they said, be consistent. And my thought was, you know what? If you're honest in what you're saying and how you feel and you have the thick skin to handle the criticism and, you know, to handle people that will disagree with you, you'll always be consistent. If you're honest, you'll always be consistent. There's nothing wrong, wrong with evolving and changing your views and this and that, but be yourself, be honest and be consistent. And that's just the way it is. So... But with that said, I think we're almost done. Just to remind everyone that we have Money in a Bank coming up soon. We have some matches announced. Yesterday on SmackDown, they announced that the stipulation in the Nakamura AJ Styles match will be a last man standing match. Uh, you have Asuka versus Carmella for the SmackDown women's title. Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax. I know some people wanted to know my thoughts of the segment from Monday. I thought it just fell fucking flat. I thought it fell flat. Um... You know, Stephanie having the grin in the background, smiling at the intensity of the two women. 
you know, I think that was expected. I think it probably would have came off a little bit better if Ronda and and Nia both gave dirty looks to Stephanie, like get the fuck out of the ring. You know, I think that probably would have helped a little bit of the, you know, just the aura of it. I don't want to say the realism of it, but, you know, when it gets closer to the pay-per-view, I think in, what, two weeks, we'll get into predictions. I'll give my thoughts a little bit more. You know, we still have two weeks to let this build a little bit more. I'm surprised at the number of people that think that the stars are going to align. What I mean by that is, you know, um, Natty is in the uh, women's money in the bank ladder match. And a lot of people think that Natty is going to uh, win the thing, cash in against her friend, Ronda Rousey, and win the women's title. And that is very, very smooth. I'm not going to take that away from people that are thinking that far ahead. I just don't know if WWE is going to go that route. But we'll see. And you know what? Whether they go that route or don't go that route, or if they do a completely different, unexpected route, that's WWE's job. If a lot of people out there think that Ronda Rousey's definitely going to win and Natty's definitely going to win the briefcase and she's definitely going to cash in against a friend and it don't happen, that's what you want in wrestling. You want the suspension of disbelief. You want to not be able to truly truly figure out who is going to win and who is going to lose. Some of the best matches and storylines is when you can't figure out who is going to be the victor and who is going to be the loser. Sure, execution in the ring is very, very important too. But still, you know, that enhances a storyline. You know, the unknown is something that is really, really lacking in a lot of ways in today's day and age. But anyway, men's money in a bank ladder match. You know, Strowman versus Balor versus Miz, Rusev, Owens, Rude. Um, you know, the new day to teasing now the breakup from SmackDown. I think a lot of people expected that. I've been saying for a while now that uh, Big E needs a championship singles run. I think it's about time. I think it's time for him to break out. You know, I I know a lot of people, if you remember a year or two ago, there were a lot of rumors that WWE wanted New Day to be the the team with the most championship tag champ reigns in their career. And now it looks like that's not going to be anywhere close. I don't think a lot of people want to see them break up, but I also think there's a lot of people who feel that, you know, a lot of uh, they've jumped the shark in a lot of what they do. The problem is if you break up the new day entirely, is that going to really diminish the value of some of the members in new day? Biggie, it's not, you know, Kofi, he's been there a long time. Will he start losing more frequent to help put people over? And look, there have been times in recent years where people thought he was getting a push. And you remember it. I got into arguments with people right around the Royal Rumble. He started winning some matches and people thought they were going to give him a push, give him a run. And I said, no, it's just a hype up, you know, a little bit more of his legitimacy. So when he does do a crazy spot during the Royal Rumble and it's, and as soon as the Royal Rumble's over, he'll go back to losing. And that's what happened. It sucks, but that's the truth. And Xavier Woods, I don't know. I mean, he has improved tremendously over the last couple of years. But will he go to the next level if he was on his own? I'm not sure about that. Could you just have Xavier Woods and Kofi as New Day going forward? I mean, look, back then when you had the four horsemen, I mean, Ric Flair did very well being heavyweight champion and still be a member of the horsemen. 
I don't know why you can't still have New Day, but you know, you have Biggie have a little bit of a run on his own. But in the back of your mind, there's still New Day. A lot of people still think that the Shield are together on Raw, even though they're not together week in and week out and week in and week out. And whenever they want, they could put Rollins and Reigns as a tag team like we saw on Monday. Well, when Ambrose comes back, you could do a combination thereof, or you could go back to some six-man tags. So there's no reason why they have to separate it entirely unless they have, you know, big plans in the future regarding those members. So um, I wasn't going to mention it, but I'll just throw it out there anyway because I know it's getting news and I think some people probably wonder why I don't mention it. Uh, apparently, another adult video is leaked out involving Paige. I haven't seen it. Um, you know, I, we don't know how much footage is still out there that has not been seen yet. And something tells me that Paige has had meetings with WWE well before she became GM. When this stuff first came out and she came back to the company after a split with Alberto Del Rio. Something tells me that it was discussed back then that there is more footage out there that could ultimately leak out. And if that's the case, WWE obviously is not happy with it at all. But the fact that she hasn't been removed as SmackDown GM or taking any time off tells me that I think WWE expected this to happen sooner or later. So, you know, we'll see what comes about it. You know, they got that movie coming out that they really want to push, and it's been postponed, the release, I think, until March of next year. And, um, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, look, is more footage going to be leaked out? Possibly. I think it's what's really going to determine any um, change to Paige's WWE career as far as what's on the footage. And what I mean by that is, you know, we remember the photos of that involve the NXT title and you know, the desecration. I mean, yeah, it's just a title, but that's pretty insulting and disgusting to do. Um, as far as college people goofing off, I mean, I'm sure none of us out there for the most part wouldn't whack off onto a belt. You know what I mean? Even if you work for a company, but you know, some people do some really strange, goofy things that, you know, probably you laugh your ass off while you're doing it. And then you don't realize the ramification that could result from it. Don't know if there's any other footage out there that would denigrate or de de desecrate might be better or, you know, just any WWE, um, I don't know, what would you call it? Equipment, titles, materials. So I think that would really be the the telltale sign. If she do, if there's something else out there and she does something, so some WWE-related material or something really, really insulting and disgusting was thrown in a video towards WWE's way, I think they probably would handle it you know, differently than what they have done so far since this most recent footage came out. And with that said, I am done. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Breakfast with Blossie. Yes, I am coming down a little bit from these candy chews. Kind of expected that. I actually ate, I didn't eat the whole bag, but I probably had about three good handfuls right before I left the office to come here to record the show. For those that are going to ask, my office is a little more than five minutes away from where I live. So it's pretty cool, you know, to work five minutes away, get up a little bit later sometimes. On the flip side, though, sometimes you got to make special trips at the office to accommodate people after hours and on the weekends. You know, sometimes it gets a little bit hairy. 
you know, and you're in the middle of doing a show, Mish will tell you during breakfast soup, we, every episode we have at least three or four times we have to pause the show and I got to edit out a couple of seconds because somebody texts me in the background or calls me and I got to stop and do some work and this and that, it happens. But, you know, we try to do our best. But anyway, follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. The website, dontony.com. Email me, dontony at dontony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. And uh, if you like what we do and you want to get a little bit more, some uh, bonus footage, bonus shows, help keep the bills paid, keep the lights on, keep these shows free for everyone, consider our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Don Tony. And trust me, I think once you sign up over there, not only will you be welcomed with, with open arms and warm welcomes from all the fellow patrons, but I think you'll really enjoy it. A lot of interaction there, and I always pull everyone for their opinions and feedback of the shows that we do. And plus, you know, early releases of This Week in Wrestling History, pay-per-view recaps are posted there, predictions contests, gold giveaways, silver giveaways, and a lottery-type drawings. There's a lot of shit always going on every month over there. So sign up, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Even if you sign up for a month, you'd be surprised. If a lot of people would sign up even for only one month, it would really help uh, go a long way with our expenses. So, all right, everyone, take care, be well, and I will catch you all soon. Ciao. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.